so thankful that you are here today, uh, whether you're here in person, and I know that there's people joining us online, because even in the past 24 hours, uh, bumping into people saying, Pastor, we're not back yet, but we're here joining you online, and I'm grateful for that. So welcome um, to all of you in the sanctuary, in the courtyard, joining us online. Happy New Year, and congratulations. Happy New Year's and congratulations, because if you are here today, right, whether in person or online, here is the good news. You have made it through two of the stormiest years of your entire lives. Probably two of the stormiest years we have ever experienced in our lifetimes, and you've made it. So happy New Year's and congratulations. And of course, the storms that I'm talking about are not uh, the little bit of rain that we've been blessed with over the past weeks. It wasn't that great. That was so needed, and, and uh, what an answer to prayer that, that was. But I'm talking about a different kind of storm. I'm talking about the storms of a global pandemic, of political chaos, and then the ensuing kind of culture wars, you know, that we've just been embroiled with in our society and are really around the world. And, and here's the news that is not so comforting. No one is predicting that these storms are going away, right? No one is saying, oh, that was, that was you know, 2020, 2021. No, as we look to the future, people are saying, yeah, these storms look like they are here for the long haul. And so the world, really the best the world has to offer us, and maybe you've seen this kind of pop up in your newsfeed like I have, but the best the world has to offer us is saying, well, maybe we're, we're starting to figure out how to adapt, right, to, this, to these new realities and to life that's just kind of crazy. And, and you know what? I don't find a lot of hope in that of just like adapting to these storms and this perpetual onslaught of, of yuck that we're faced with in our life. But that's the best the world has to offer. But I have some better news for you. The news is, is that we have the ability to stand strong and to be firm because we can be anchored to Jesus no matter the storm that the world throws at us. We can be anchored in Jesus. And Jesus talked about that. And one of the ways that he talked about that was in this, this really cool little story that he tells. And he, he tells a story about two different kinds of lives. And he uses kind of contractors to kind of set his illustration, right? I, we have some contractors that are part of our church family. Well, God, uh, in the person of Jesus, talked about two lives by talking about two different contractors. And we find this little story that Jesus told in the book of Luke. In Luke 6, starting in verse 46, this is what Jesus says. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? Right, that's a good question. Why do you call Jesus Lord and don't do what he says? And then he goes on, he says, 
as for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they're like. They're like this contractor. They're like a man building a house who dug down deep. Everybody say, dug down deep. One more time. Dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like another contractor. It's like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed. And its destruction was complete. So two lives, right? Illustrated by two contractors building houses. And there's this compare and contrast that's going on. He's comparing and contrasting these two. So there's some things that are the same in these two stories and there's some that are different. Here's what's the same in both of these stories. Number one, floods are coming. Floods are coming. Like in other words, we can't say that there won't be storms in our lives. That would be foolish to say that. Storms come both to the one who built the house on the rock and the one who built his house on just the dirt without a foundation. Storms are coming. They're just a normal part of life that we navigate. Here's the other thing that was the same, though, as well. Both of these contractors started with dirt. They both started with dirt. One dug down deep through the dirt, right? They got out that shovel. They got out the backhoe. They did the hard work of actually digging through the soil to get to something substantial and firm, and they dug all the way down to the rock. The other one, other contractor, I I don't want to hire this guy, because he took the easy way out, right? He took the easy way of not digging down and just like, okay, whatever is here, we're just going to start building right here on the dirt. And so all of this stuff that, you know, that was not solid tried to put a house on, on there. And, you know, I think that we can get a really mistaken belief about life sometimes. We can look at other people's lives and say, well, that person, that, that person didn't have to start with the dirt that I started with in my life. If I would only have had their soil to work with, because I think that person just started with rock, right? Like if I would have had their life, if I would have had their parents, right? If I would have had their education, their money, you know, whatever it is in their story that you think has helped them to build a solid life. No, Jesus dispels that right here and says, guess what? We all start with dirt. Some people dig down and find the rock and other people, mm -mm. they just build right on there. And so when the storms come, guess what happens? 
get knocked over. So everyone starts with dirt. Maybe you've had more dirt to dig through than the person sitting next to you. I don't know, but guess what? There's somebody that had more dirt than you to dig through in their story, but we all start with dirt. And that, that brings me hope, I think. But then there's some differences. A couple of things that are the same. We all start with dirt and storms are coming. But there's a couple of things that are different here in this example that Jesus gives. One of the person, of course, dug down deep, not taking the easy way out. They did the hard work of getting down to rocks so that they could anchor their life on something that was solid, that wasn't going to be shifting the shifting sands of, you know, that happen when storms come. And of course, the other thing that is different in these stories is that the house that was anchored, anchored, it stood firm when the storms hit. The other one, not so much. It collapsed. His destruction was complete. And we think about those two lives and those ways of approaching life. Now we can look at our own stories and we have to kind of look in the mirror and say, what kind of a contractor am I, right? And I promise you that none of us wants to get to the end of 2022 and look back at a life that's been hit by storms and has been left in shambles, that's been destroyed, that's just lying in pieces. And not only at the end of 2022, but none of us wants to get to the end of our days and look back at a life that is in shambles and that collapsed. Every single one of us wants to have a life that like Jesus talked about this house is well built, that is able to weather the storms and go through things that are gonna be challenging and are gonna be difficult and stand firm and maybe not only provide a place for ourselves, but a place for others that can come for safety and resource. But Jesus gives this promise that's embedded within this little story here. The promise is this, that a solid and secure life is possible if that life is anchored into Jesus himself. If our lives are anchored in him, then we can have lives that are solid and secure. And how did he say to do that? How did he say that we need to anchor our lives in him? Very simply, Jesus puts it this way, to be people who not only hear my word, but who put it into practice. It's not enough to only hear. It's people who hear it and do it. There are those whose lives are anchored into Jesus himself. So we're beginning this series today by looking at four different things of being how we anchor our lives into Jesus. How do we set our anchor down deep into that rock so that no matter what comes, we're going to be standing safe and secure? 
So we're, over these four weeks, we're going to be talking about learning to become anchored in the Word. That's today. Then we're going to be talking about being anchored in prayer, being anchored in mission, and then being anchored in community. Four things that, that I really find are four practices. Like, you know, don't just hear the Word, but put it into practice. All four of these things need to be, become things that are part of our practice our habits, our behavior as believers that will help us to anchor ourselves to God himself. And today we're talking about being anchored in the word. I want to start by looking at two places in God's word that talk about God's word. And it's like, hey, this is cool because the Bible talks about the Bible to help us understand what it actually looks like to have God's word become an anchor for our soul. The first of these two places is where the Apostle Paul is talking to his spiritual son, Timothy, and he's talking to him about the importance of the word of God, and it's found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. And Paul writes and he says this, and I just love this. Listen to the, these anchoring words that he uses. He says to Timothy, he says, you've been taught the holy scriptures, right? That's what we're talking about, God's word, the Bible, the holy scriptures. And he says, you've been taught the holy scriptures from childhood, and they have given you wisdom, the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes from trusting in Christ Jesus. I mean, you stop right there and you go, whoa, that's a major anchor. We get that wisdom that leads to salvation in Jesus. How? Through the word of God. That's how we get it. Man, talk about an important anchor. And then he goes on and he says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God, oh, I love this. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Man, what an anchor. What an anchor for our souls to have God's word. And then to another group of friends, the Apostle Paul writes this. To those in Thessalonica, he wrote this. It's in 1 Thessalonians 2, 13. And he says this. He says, when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it. You accepted it. You received this anchor. You accepted it, not as a human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. Did you hear that? It's at work in you who believe. It's at work because we're hearing it and then we're putting it into practice. It's at work. I love how the Passion Translation takes that last little phrase and doesn't just say, it's at work in you. This is how it reads in the Passion Translation. It says, 
the word continues to be an energizing force in you who believe. Isn't that good? The word of God is this energizing force in you who believe. Now, if you've ever seen pictures or commercials of the Energizer Bunny, right? Just moving along. You know what? And then it turns around and it shows you it's because I've got this Energizer battery just stuck right in me so I can keep going. I am energized. It's the Energizer Bunny. Well, God calls us to be energized believers. How many believers do you run into who say, well, yeah, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, I'm, you know, I follow Christ, whatever. But they're like, dead. <laughs> no, no, no battery. What we're seeing here is that the word of God itself is this energizing force that we need in our lives. If the word of God is not coursing through us and animating our lives, quickening our understanding, giving us the wisdom that we need to navigate this crazy stormy world that we're living in, I'm telling you, we are ill-equipped. It ain't gonna work well for us. We need the word of God because what we see in these two scriptures here, listen to this, I'm just gonna bring this little synopsis here. The word of God, we just read, is inspired by God himself. It leads us to salvation in Jesus. It shows us what's wrong in our stories, in our lives. And then it teaches us to do what's right. It equips us and prepares us to live life well, to do good, and it energizes our lives of faith. Now, what an amazing anchor that God has given us by giving us his word. But listen, I think that there's too many believers who think that they can have a life that is energized, right, with someone else's battery. And like someone else, man, they plug into the word of God. And so it's like, well, pastor, that's why I give an offering. It's, it's because we pay you to study God's word for us. I'm just gonna pay you. Mike, I'm just gonna pay you to have devotions for me, bro. Okay, you just, had, you just do all that and then you just come and spoon feed me. Just give me a little bit of energy. Just give me that. And we think that we can live our lives through someone else's experience in the word of God. So, well, we come to church and I guess I'm getting a little bit of word of God. Didn't you just read me some of the word of God? Mm -hmm, I did. But that little drip ain't what you need to have a life that is anchored in the Lord. My battery isn't sufficient to power y'all. You need your own battery. You need your own anchor. In fact, I'm just going to put it this way, and it's really blunt. It's really harsh. So just kind of buckle up and get ready. You, you ready? No one, including you, including me, no one will become spiritually mature 
by trying to hold on to someone else's anchor. It doesn't work that way. For you to become spiritually mature, you need to drop your own anchor into the rock. You need to become people of the word. Secure, anchored to the word so that you will be strong, stable, firm, equipped, energized. We need to develop the practice or the habit. Remember Jesus said, hear my word and put it into practice. We each one need to develop the practice, the habit of being people who consistently are in God's word, who are reading God's word, who are receiving God's word for ourselves. That's how we drop this anchor. And to help with that, to help with that, we are launching a little initiative here right at the beginning of 2022 to help our church family in this practice of dropping anchor into God's word. We're calling it SM4 260. SM4 260. On your way in, I believe, can everybody wave to me that you got one of these little brochures, little pamphlets right here, SM4 260, it says on the front. Um, If you don't have one, Larry will bring one to you right now, or Kelly. Anybody need one? Anybody need an extra? Make sure you've got one. Listen, let me tell you about this, SM4 260. For years, I've pastored this church now for, uh, in a a month, it'll it'll be seven years. For years, I have wanted us to have some kind of a reading plan that we could like be in together. That we could like, we're, we're just as a church family walking through God's word together. But I have a confession to make. I haven't done it because there's been a problem. The problem has been me. Let me tell you what I mean by that. I love God's word. I love it. I eat it up. But I am a very slow reader of the Bible. I I just like, I can't read the Bible fast the way that some people do. Man, I'm on you version and I'm like flipping through my little community that I follow and like, oh man, this person completed this reading plan and this person looks like they read 30 chapters in the Bible. I'm like, holy smokes. I am a slow Bible because I'm like, I get into like a word or a phrase and I'm just like captivated by that. And then I'm like marking it up and I'm like writing notes and then I'm flipping pages and I'm going, wait a second, Jesus said something else similar to that. I wanna go back and see how these things connect and I'm like doing all this stuff in my brain. In fact, I've got a picture of my Bible for you just so that you can see that I really do like, you know, I, I like I read the Bible, I mess up my Bible. I got this wide margin Bible. Man, some people like, they want a new Bible every year. It's like, no, now, this, is my, this is my Excalibur, right? This is the sword of the spirit, man. And I mess up my Bible and I read slow. But here's been my like 
frustration and how would we get into the word together as a church family? Like, can I actually ask people to read slow? You know, it's like most of the plans, and you may be familiar with this, most of the plans, like for consistently walking, like in this, this daily or weekly rhythm of Bible reading, and most of them are like through the Bible in a year kind of plans. And again, confession. I have started those. I've started those on more than one occasion, and I get to about March. And I am so far behind. And the guilt and the sense of failure begins to consume my life. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm never going to be able to do this. And so you know what? I give up. And then I go back to my reading plan. Right? And so I'm introducing something that I believe that we can do together. Because, listen, I'm a slow reader, but I can do the reading plan that we are initiating as a church family. So, how's it gonna work? The way it is gonna work is that rather than trying to read the entire Bible in a year, what I'm inviting you, what I am challenging you to join in on is reading through the New Testament in a year. And that comes to this interesting name. Why do we call it SM4 260? Well, SM4 is the Santa Maria Foursquare Church. That's our little abbreviation. So it's us, right? We get that. What is 260? I think this is the coolest thing ever. Check this out. There are 260 chapters in the New Testament. Did you know that? I had to be reminded of that. It's like, wow, that's okay. That doesn't sound too huge. Check this out. There are also exactly 260 weekdays in a year. The exact same number. Monday through Friday, 52 weeks out of the year, there are 260 days, weekdays in a year, and there are 260 chapters in a year. So what we're doing is we are taking the New Testament, and you may know this already, but just as a reminder for everyone, and just give me a moment here, but you may know that there are two parts to the Bible. There's the Old Testament, and there's the New Testament. The Old Testament is everything of the stories of God's people before Jesus came. It is future-focused. There's all these amazing promises that there will be a Messiah that will come, a Savior for all people, not just for the Israelites, but for everyone, and he's going to come to make everything right. It's when we get to the New Testament that we actually receive the fulfillment of all of those promises. Because it's the story of Jesus, right? Is it his presence on earth, his preaching and his power demonstrated. That's we, we get that in the New Testament. And so it's the stories of Jesus, but it's also our story. Because it's there in the New Testament that we discover the very things that we've been reading about, about how we can have salvation through Jesus and how we can live lives that are 
anchored in him. So it's Jesus' story. It's our story of people who are followers of Jesus. And we get to follow along with the stories of other believers through the New Testament. As those first followers of Jesus were learning what it was like to live life in him, to navigate the storms of life. And we get to see what they were experiencing and what their stories were like. And in that, we take hope and we take strength and we learn and we grow as we read through the New Testament. So why not read every day? I mean, shouldn't we just be reading the Word of God seven days a week? Sure, go for it. I, absolutely. I, I, this is in no way saying that you should not read over the weekends. Stop Bible reading over the weekends. That's not what this is about. But listen, there's something that's cool about building a new practice or building a new habit into our lives. Okay, there's, there's three M's that go along with, with what they say is needed if you're going to build a new habit. And this can help you on the beginning of, of a new year. You might be trying to build a new habit. I don't know. But there's three things. One, it needs to be measurable. Okay? This is measurable. Check. Right? It's like I can actually check off the boxes as I read. This is a measurable plan. That's good. Second is it needs to be meaningful. So if you're trying to build a habit that's, or practice that's not meaningful in your life, you're probably going to give up on it really soon. This is meaningful. This is like, how do I get my life anchored to God through his word? It is deeply and profoundly meaningful. But then there's a third. It needs to be maintainable. Like, if, like for me, read through the Bible in a year. I've tried it. Man, I'm old and I've pastored a long time. I've tried. It was not maintainable for me. And I knew that I could not lead our church in something that I was not able to successfully do and to lead in. But this is a plan that is, it is measurable, it is meaningful, and it is maintainable for all of us. I can do this. And guess what? You can do this as well. Are you ready? Okay. So if you're already, if you already have a reading plan, because I know some of you are like, no, you're, you like read a lot faster than I do when you read through the Bible. Some of you are already in reading plans. Awesome. This is not to discourage any other reading. All I ask is this, that when you come to the New Testament portions, right, make this your rhythm for the New Testament. It's easy to do, you know? It's like if you're in another reading plan, even a through the Bible in a year plan, I promise you this will get you through the entire New Testament as we are reading it together as a church family. So don't give up on the other. But also, one of the ways that this is maintainable is that if you do get to a weekend and you know that, oh man, I, I, I didn't get all of my reading in for you know this week, it's not a problem. Just kind of go back and make up the, the day or two that you may have skipped over or got too busy or forgot. So when we get to the weekend, there's that reminder, there's that reset. It's one of the ways that keeps it maintainable. So church family, let's do this together. And speaking of family, one of the cool things that uh, um, Kaylin and Jesse Lara came and talked to me about is that they're going to be utilizing the same plan both with our children and with our youth. 
So in safari kids throughout the week, guess what? Their curriculum, where they're going to be uh, learning, they're going to be following along the same five chapters that we've been reading together in our kids' ministry And in our youth group, they're going to be utilizing the same plan, encouraging our youth to also be just believers who are anchored in the word because we can all do this. We can do it. Come on. I need to hear you say, I can do it. I can be energized by the word of God in my life like never before like never before. Now there's one more thing and you'll find this in the pages in in here. And by the way, if you're joining us online and go, I don't have a plan, I I don't have this. Listen, it's for you. It's available right now online, either in English or in Espanol. We have provided all of the same material online if you just go to sm4.org slash 260. Just go to sm4.org, that's our website, slash 260. You're going to find a page. In fact, right on our homepage, you're going to see a big 260. Just click on it. It'll take you right to this. There's even a downloadable uh, plan for you. You can, just, you can print it out, stick it in your Bible. Um, and we're going to have a bunch more of these. So if you lose it, we've got more. Uh, we're going to have these throughout the year. If you're not hearing this message until February, great, start in February. It'll take you right through a year and just uh, you'll, you'll be right with us. But there's one more thing, and it's, it's in here. And this is, I believe, so important. Bible reading should never be about just completing a task. You know, we, we did, we put little handy check boxes in there so that you could go through and you could, because, you know, new practices, new habits, they need to be measurable. You can measure how you're doing. It's great. But being someone who hears God, God's word and does God's word, puts it into practice, never about checking boxes. It's about life transformation. It's literally about getting God's word so deeply into me and myself so deeply into God's word that I am anchored in it. And that doesn't come through checking out boxes. So what I'm inviting you and encouraging you to do as you read is to also take notes. To find some way or some, something that works for you that is some mechanism to journal. Okay, it might be right on your, your iPhone, uh, maybe just on a, a little notebook that you would get, whatever works for you. But I want you to think about three words. It's very, very simple, and hopefully this will be memorable to you, and we'll talk about it like during the year, and we're going to blow it up on social media and kind of as a reminder. But there's, there's three words that I want you to think about as you're reading. You ready? Insights, implications and intercession. Three I words. Insights, implications, and intercession. Well, what do I mean by by those three words? Number one is insights. As you read, what jumps out to you? Like, I, I may have read this several times before, but all of a sudden, it's almost as if God took out this giant yellow highlighter and goes, you know, over a certain phrase, over a certain verse, over a certain idea, some discovery about God or about life, or about my faith, something that is just jumping out to me, that is an insight. Highlight it in your Bible and write a note. Okay, this is, this is where, you know, th- this is what I'm seeing. This is an insight that God's giving me here. Number two, though, is so important, 
implications. Meaning, so what? Okay, so I got that insight. What are the implications in my life because of that insight? What does that mean for my relationships? What does that mean for my marriage? What does that mean for how I'm raising my kids? Or if you are a kid, like how does this relate to my life? You know, at school, or as I'm trying to find a job, or or live this life of faith, you know, how does this impact how I live generously or deal with my resources or my money? How does this work in my life? Those are the implications. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, as we read, God's not only gonna give us insights, but he's gonna underscore for us what the implications are. As my follower, this is how I'm calling you to lead. This is a new step of faith that I'm calling you into. And then the third is intercession. Intercession is prayer. Usually when we think about intercession, we're interceding for others. But guess what? We can intercede for ourselves. God, I need your help in this area. This is hard what I'm reading. This is a challenge. This is stretching my faith. I need your empowerment. God, would you help me to have the courage to take a step in this direction? God, would you help me? And that's what the intercession is. So as you journal and take notes as we read together, I'm wanting you to just find a place to write these things down. Insights, implications, intercession. And if you're on social media, I would love for you to like hashtag this, just SM4260. Um, And one of the things I love also about SM4260 is that it works in English Espanol. And so, same in English and Spanish. SM4260. So, as you go on to social media and, and like just post a tag, say, man, I'm, man, I'm reading. Tomorrow we're starting in a unique place. Okay? Yeah, because as one other thing to tell you about this is, is like when you, when you open this up, you're saying, why aren't we beginning in Matthew? Right? Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't uh, the New Testament start with Matthew? Mm, it does. I'm inviting you to jump over into Luke. The reason we're doing that is because if we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then the rest of the New Testament, we would be done with all of the stories of Jesus in his direct words by the end of April. For the rest of the year, no Jesus. Just kidding. Jesus woven through all of it. But I, I felt it was really important to have the words of Jesus woven into every season. Of our, of our year. Since we're reading the whole thing, we, don't, we didn't need to just stack all the Gospels at the beginning. So they're woven throughout. We're beginning with Luke, and then we're going right into Acts that was also written by Luke. And so we're going to be getting the stories of Jesus and then the first followers of Jesus right at the beginning of the year. So tomorrow, we're beginning this. Tomorrow is week one, Monday, January 3rd, Luke 1. All right? I think you have everything you need to know about how to succeed with this as we learn to become anchored in God's word together. Let's pray. God, I thank you that as as we read your word, we discover that you are the word. In fact, in John 1, it says that the word became flesh. Lord, the living word of God here on earth in the person of Jesus. 
fully God and fully man. Lord, thank you for making the word come alive. That we could see it, that we could understand it, that we could read the stories and that we could have our lives animated by the word. And God, we want to anchor ourselves to you like never before. Lord, we know that these storms of the world aren't going away. But Lord, we also know that we can stand firm in you. Lord, if we become people who hear your word and then learn to put them into practice, to integrate your word into the fabric of our lives. So God, would you help us in this process to develop new rhythms, new habits, new practices that are gonna take us deep into God's word? And I don't know, there may be someone here today who says, you know what, I mean, I'd love to get into God's word. It sounds like a cool thing. But maybe I need, like, to just come to Jesus. Maybe you're here because something in your story triggered your being here today, either in person or online. And you know that if I were to just ask you the question, do you know Jesus? Do you have a relationship with him? Have you been forgiven for sin and brokenness in your life and received his forgiveness and begun to walk out your story of redemption? And you'd you'd just say, "I, I don't think I have. Well, today is your invitation and you do not need to go into 2022 without knowing my life is anchored to Christ himself. If you need forgiveness, if you need his salvation, if you need life in Jesus, I invite you to that today. And if that's you, would you just like let me know that like I am giving my life over to Jesus. I am anchoring my life in him today. Just just like flag me down, just wave real quick. I'm looking out in the courtyard. Ma'am, I see you in the courtyard I'm so excited for your story being changed today forever. Not just this year, but forever. Anybody else that just wants to say, today's my day. Yeah, ma'am, I agree with you. Yeah, you guys over here, I'm agreeing with you that today it begins in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And for those of you online that just want to say, I want to be part of that. I need my life anchored in Jesus. You can do that right now. In fact, why don't all of us, whether you just raised your hand or not, would you just join me in prayer? I'm just gonna lead us in a simple prayer that you can repeat out loud after me. Can we agree together? Jesus, thank you for coming to earth. Lord, thank you for living a perfect life and then going to the cross as payment for my broken and sinful life. God, I receive your forgiveness. And God, now I I start a new life in you. I go from death to life because of you, Jesus. And now I give you my life, every part of it. Help me to become anchored in you and to live my life for you every day. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.
Praise the Lord. Hey, it would be my honor uh, to meet those of you who just signaled and said, hey, today I'm, I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm going to be right down here at the end of service. Uh, Ken and Rosa, if you'd come up and any others who are here, uh, Lisa, uh, to come and just to pray. If you have a need and you're here today and want to say, man, I just don't want to leave before uh, lifting up this need. Um, Medina's, if you'd join also, um, if you have a moment to do that, uh, thank you. Uh, Doug, for joining and just being available to pray. Um, we want to pray with you and for this year, any need that's coming up. Church, this is only message one of anchoring our lives in God. Man, I ask you, come back next week. It's going to be good. It's going to be rich. We'll see you then. Have a good start to your new year. SM4260. We'll see you online tomorrow. Love you.